Welcome back to another episode of Betting with Babies. Today is Wednesday, October 20th, and we are back for week seven. We are here to help balance our babies and bets, and this week we are giving out our three best bets of the weekend. We've got our touchdown scores, our QB props, and as always, save time for the dad zone. I'm your host, Mr. Clutch. I've got my co-host, Mr. No Days Off and Maddie Stats. How are we doing, gentlemen? Guys, the, uh, the loss of the Jaguars really got me. I'm going to tell you, it, it's, it was a low point. I just, I was down, I was on family vacation. I slowly stood up. I put my head down in a room full of family members and just walked downstairs to my bedroom and sat there. Because if I didn't do that, things might have got broken. People would have got screamed at and it would have it been a bad scene. It was my my brother turns to Jamie. He's like, "Jesus, he really cares about the Dolphins, doesn't he?" The silent depression. <laughs> and so, oh, I'm back now on Wednesday, and I'm still depressed. And now the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Well, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing good. See that Cowboys win. Cowboys. Uh, they are real hot. They beat the Pats, which is so exciting. We've, I've been in New England for 15 years, and we haven't beat the Pats once since I've lived here. So this feels great. <laughs> the problem is you can't really talk shit to a Pats fan, though, because they're just like Super Bowls. And then you're just like, fuck. Like yeah. you got no, there's nothing left. All they have to be is like Super Bowls. And you're, it's, it's over. It's like you can't even – you can't – there's nothing to be said. No, you just but say to anyway, without Brady once. I am living large. My Cowboys are doing well. We all had a great week last week. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I am I am feeling energized and refreshed. The Jets had a bye last week, so no stress for me. I got to enjoy a football Sunday. The one time in the regular season I could do that. So now we're back. Let's kick it off as we always do with a recap from last week. We said a lot of things on this podcast, so let's see how we did. First off, our locks that we gave out. We started with the Cowboys and Patriots. Teddy took the Cowboys minus three and a half and moves on to two, three, and one. That was a close game, but we'll take it. I took the Packers against the Bears. Another close game. Packers squeezed it out. This is why I remind myself not to bet division games. This was a close one all the way through. I moved to five and one on the on the season. Maddie Stats took the Rams over the Giants with a big spread. Always afraid of the big spreads, but not this time. Rams roll against the Giants. Maddie moves to 5 and 1. Overall, we went 3 and 0 with our locks. So if you followed the page, we cash big time. And now our plan is to do it again. Let's get right into week 7. We got 3 games on the board. Our 3 best bets of the weekend, starting with Mr. No Days Off. What's the first game? All right, I'm picking this game to go back to 500, and then we're going to get back to the winning record. Got to get to 500 first. I'm taking the Panthers and the Giants. Maddie, talk to me. All right, so we got 51% of the cash and 73% of the tickets on the Giants. This one opened up at three. It's been stable all, stable all week. 
Daniel Jones, who has graded out this season with a 74 PFF grade coming into the week after posting his worst game of the season last week with a grade of 35. Darnold's been a bit of Jekyll and Hyde, averaging a 75 PFF grade over the first three weeks and then posting a 51 in weeks four through six since McCaffrey went down. Daniel Jones can expect to be under a lot of pressure with his offensive line having a negative 48% disadvantage against the Packers D-line, which shouldn't be a huge problem for him considering he's got a 79 passer rating while under pressure. All right. Well, I will say that the Giants are beat the fuck up. Left tackle, just went on IR. Galladay's going to be out. Tooney, what's his name? Tony? Tony. 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 The rookie first-round pick. He's banged up with an ankle. Barkley's out. I just don't think they have enough to beat the Panthers. I know CMC's on IR, but we know with Anderson and DJ Moore and Darnold looking, you know, better than he did on the Jets, I'm taking the Panthers minus three. All right, Panthers minus three. You heard it here. Mr. No Days Off coming in, looking to go 500 on the season. I like the pick. Um, you know, I, 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 I've I seen Darnold play a lot, obviously, as a Jets fan. Uh, he can have really ugly games, but then he, he typically bounces back. Uh, Chubba Hubbard, I hope I got that right. He's actually looking pretty good. He's not a bad backup. Carolina knows how to run the ball, period. Um, mm-hmm. So I like them against a beat-up New York Giants, even on the road, and actually really like the Panthers' offense. Like, that, like I like what Rule's doing there in Carolina, and the defense is also also firing on all cylinders as well. Matty Stats, what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Panthers. I'm gonna uh, follow you on this one. Follow uh, who? Couple. I'm gonna f- follow you, Teddy. Oh, unlike last week where you followed Dan on my pick, I, I appreciate you following me on my own pick. He's got a little well, more confidence know, this week. A little more confidence in you, you know? Uh, we didn't get any Instagram messages from anybody criticizing you this week. It was nice. We didn't have to deal with any <laughs> yeah. of that drama. So I am going to follow you. Just one thing to clean up. Uh, Sam Darnold actually is playing at his Jets level quality. So 2018, 64.7 grade. 2019, 63.6. Dropped all the way down to a 58.4, but bounced back this year to a same Sam Darnold jet self at a 65.1. So he's very consistent. He's consistent, and the team around him is better, and the coaching is better, and the scheme fits him better. So even at his same level of performance, he just looks like a better quarterback because he's better supported. Yep. Yep. So there's your first lock of the weekend. We've got the Panthers minus three on the road with the Giants. Lock it in. Let's move to our number two game. We've got the LA Rams going to Detroit. This is Maddie's game. What do we got? All right. So we got the Rams versus Detroit minus 15.5. So we have 77% of the cash and 77% of the tickets on the Rams. This one opened up at 15.5 and hasn't moved all week. Cooper Cup has the best uh, matchup in the league this week, as well as Robert Woods also having a plus matchup against a young but awful secondary with two out of their three top players receiving PFF grades under 77, which is really bad. 
Uh, Detroit's O-line actually has a negative 69% disadvantage against the pass, which doesn't bode well for Goff, who has a 51 passer rating while under pressure. In the secondary, the Rams are expected to be dominate, to dominate the Lions wide receiver corps with matchups for their top three re- receivers rated as below average, poor, and poor. In fact, Amon Raw St. Brown practiced that one. The wide receiver one per the depth chart on DetroitLions.com has a mass matchup advantage of 0.6, the absolute worst for a starting player in the league. And as a point of reference, LA's wide receiver one, two, and three have a 99, 70, and 49 advantage. So I took the Rams last week at minus nine and a nine and a half, and they absolutely dominated the Giants. And I'm going to go back to the Rams well once again because um, I expect them to dominate this in the – and I'm giving um, Matt Stafford his revenge game against Detroit. The Rams Stafford are going to come in. Under- they're going to run up the score. Stafford gets a – yeah, Stafford gets a revenge game. Stafford gets a revenge game. Maybe he doesn't game. deserve okay. a revenge game. He asked to be traded, and they were just like, sure, I'll trade you. But- Wait a minute. So Stafford gets a revenge game, but Andy Dalton doesn't. Who? Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton doesn't get a revenge game. Okay, so I'm just trying to find the line because they know, both they both have done shit in their NFL careers. Stafford's never been to the playoffs. At least Dalton <laughs> took the Bengals to the playoffs. Okay. Agreed. Stafford Stafford has carried <laughs> that team on his back. The Lions have been an absolute disaster. I honestly think he is. Like put him at the Matt Ryan line. Like he's right around. I, take, I put over for my. I, don't get me wrong. Stafford, I think is great, but the, we had this revenge game debate. Yeah, I think we need to draw the line somewhere. Like, is a playoff yeah. win where we draw the line, or is it four thousand yards in a season? He actually kept that whole organization afloat on he, his shoulders. He, yeah, it is a revenge game. I'm just giving yeah. you shit. Um, all right, so. Rams 15 and a half, you know, I typically, anytime I see a spread over 10, I just com- jump right over it. I'm afraid to take a big spread like that. And I thought the lines were getting close. Like before last week, I was like, they, they're right there. They're going to get a win. Now they might be going the other direction. But 15 and a half is too many points in the NFL. I'm going to go Lions here with a backdoor cover. I'm going to fade you on this pit. Teddy, what do you think? Dan Campbell cried at the end of week five (laughs) the team got blown out after week six he didn't cry he put his big boy pants on and said there's going to be changes to the lineup now i don't know if that's golf because i don't know does anybody know who the backup quarterback is well i actually have the lion's depth chart up so give me a second (laughs) david blow is it blow it's B-L-O-U-G-H. I don't know how to pronounce it. I wanted someone else to say it because I didn't know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> well, you know me. I'm great at the names. Yep. So uh, I can't imagine they're benching golf and he was implying golf. And actually, Swift is having a good year. Um, yeah. But they have no receivers at all to speak of. And, you know, their defense... I don't know. They, they kind of stink, but I think they play tough for Dan Campbell, at least this season. 15 and a half points is too much. I'm liking the backdoor cover. I'm fading you, Matt. Fade. The double fade on Matty Stats. How, how does it feel, Matt? It's good. Feel- All right. <laughs> Born to be a villain. 
lot of pressure. I mean, that's that's where the first quarter, you know, D- Detroit gets one touchdown in or an early field goal, and all of a sudden you got to cut, you got to come back on a big yep. spread. Yeah. So we'll see how this game starts. Um, Maddie's got the Rams minus fifteen and a half going to Detroit, and myself and Teddy are on the other side. We're gonna fade him. So that brings us to the third game. We got another division game. Uh, we got the Ravens against the Bengals. Ravens are minus six and a half. Maddie stats, what do you got? All right. So 60% of the cash and 65% of the tickets are on the Ravens. This one opened up at six and has moved to 6.5 as of this morning. Both quarterbacks have top tier grades from PFF, but a few things stand out here. Burrow has a 58 passer rating while under pressure versus 90 for Jackson. Burrow also has a throws a turnover worthy play on 4% of his throws versus 3% for Jackson. Both offensive lines have advantage against the opposing D lines with roughly 40% and a negligible difference uh, against the pass. And the Bengals secondary is expected to match up well against the Ravens wide receivers with plus matchups against Devin Duvernay and Rashad Bateman. I almost went Derek Duvernay, but I stopped. It's Devin. Devin. My strategy is simple on this one. I have... Bet against the Ravens too many times this year, and they have killed me every time. I was very high on the Chargers, and they they dominated the Chargers. I think it says more about the Ravens than the Chargers. I think the Chargers had an off day. And even though their running backs are banged up, they still find a way to make it happen. I'm going to go Ravens here at home against the Bengals. I think they put a lot of pressure on Burrow. Um I think the Bengals are playing good football, but not good enough to keep up with the Ravens. So I go Ravens minus six and a half. What do you guys think? Uh, your division game. Last week you said you don't pick division games. This week you pick the division game. Yep. I don't know why I keep falling into this trap. I didn't like this game at all. First of all, I just want to say I didn't like any of the lines this week. It was a very, I loved the Lions last week. Absolutely loved them. This week, hated them. Found it very hard to pick a game. Um, very Amato, tough what, slate. What, very t- yeah, very tough. What'd you do? I went with the Ravens minus six and a half at home. Yeah. At home. Hmm. All right. Um, just because I'm feeling a little sassy, I'm going to fade you. Okay. And I'm going to take those six and a half points because the Bengals defense may be legit. And Burrow can sling it. And as we all know on this pod, throws a beautiful ball. Burrow does throw a beautiful ball. And even though I hope the Ravens win, that's a fact. We know that here. Uh, Maddie Stats, what do you think? This is a tough one. Um, I've been bouncing around i was on the fence on what i was gonna do but uh with teddy fading you i am definitively following you now uh no i mean in all seriousness um the ravens look good like the ravens look legit i think they've got the coaching advantage uh whenever i'm on the fence about something i don't know you just look at the way they dismantled the chargers last week yeah like just all the hype just taken out of the chargers like a good team just really took them apart and i'll be interested to see what the Bengals can do against a good team but either way i am going to follow you 
uh, and your pick of the Ravens. The Bengals. Uh, did they beat? Did they beat the Packers or just cover? They did not beat the Packers. The Packers beat them in overtime. Oh yeah, yeah, push. yeah. For they, all they push, have yeah. they have played tough. They they beaten good teams. Like the Bengals, I think are a good team. I think the Ravens are still one level above them. And at home, I'll take a, a six and a half spread. Cover that. Um. So here, we, so let's recap Week Seven then. So we've got three games. Our best plays of the weekend. Teddy's going with the Panthers minus three in New York against the Giants. I am taking the Ravens minus six and a half at home against the Bengals. And Maddie Stats is taking the big spread minus 15 and a half against the Lions. All right, we went three and zero on this podcast last week. We plan to do it again, although there's a little bit of controversy in the background. A couple more follow fades uh, than we had last week. Last week, we were all on the same page. This week, we're a little uh, indecisive. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up and move on to our next segment. We've got our touchdown scores. We're bringing you our top six touchdown scores, and we're going to go in order. And so we're going to start it off with our number one TD scorer for this week. Last week, we came in at 50-50 out of our six. So if you're doing them single, not too bad. We, we're going for the big parlay, though. So our plan this week, and as always, is to hit every single one of these, but we will list them out for you. Starting with number one, our number one TD score, Mr. No Days Off. What do we got? Uh, we're going with King Henry. He has 783 yards. The next closest person is Nick Chubb with 523. And he's got 10 touchdowns. The next closest person has five. So he is absolutely dominating the NFL at a record pace. Um, Ride the hot hand, right? There's really no reason why they won't give him the ball a ton. Plus, they have Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, so you want the ball in Derrick Henry's hand. Yep. Derrick Henry. I mean, is this the year? Is this the year? Like, how dare you speak that way about Tannehill? He's a good quarterback. Like, just because he wasn't good on the Dolphins doesn't mean he's not a good quarterback. It's an ex-girlfriend scenario, right? Teddy hates Tannehill, but Tannehill looks good, and he looks better and better, like, every week. Tan- Let me tell you something. Wait till Derek Henry goes down. I'm not wishing injuries. I'm just saying, or when he retires, and see what Tannehill does then, okay? Well, until then, let's hope Derek Henry is alive and well and scoring touchdowns this week. Uh, is this the year that the NFL gives an MVP award to a non-quarterback? And in this case, could it go to Derrick Henry if he keeps this up? Yeah, I don't know. It's the quarterback award. What could he do? I mean, if Derek, if they, if the Titans go to, the, I mean, they're in the AFC Championship game, right? So if he, if they go again to the AFC Championship on the back of Derrick Henry, I mean. Yeah. It's got to be like 2,200 yards and 20 touchdowns to 20, even get 20 plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be something that the NFL has never seen before. And they still probably give it to Kyler Murray. You know, like they just or love their quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he'll, no, he's, he's already waiting for comeback play of the year. We, we should, we should next week look at the MVP futures and, um, Try to uh, try to make some projections on that. See what we got. But there's number one for Derrick Henry. Let's lock that in. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go right to number two here. We're gonna go to the L.A. Rams. We're taking Daryl Henderson, running back for the Rams. What do we got for the stats? All right. So last week 
he got 66% of the rush attempts. He got 10% of the total targets for the team, 86% of the short down and distance, 100% inside the five, and 100% of the two-minute offense. Daryl Henderson has not put up the stats yet, but he's going to be a top, let's say, eight running back by the end of the season. Like Henderson's a legit running back, and he's getting that top RB1 level usage which is what I like to see when I'm picking my touchdown scores. Guys that don't come off the field and get the money touches. Boom, lock it in. And you know what's crazy is coming into this year, he wasn't even the number one guy. You know, you got Cam Akers coming off a good rookie year, goes down, and this guy steps up. So they're a little spoiled at running back if Akers comes back healthy. Let's lock him in for number two, and let's throw it back over for our third touchdown score. Devontae Adams, he didn't score last week. I think he had like 99 yards or something. I could be wrong, but something he he had some nice usage. Of course, Rodgers is going to target him a ton. Matty, he's not going two weeks in a row without a touchdown, right? I, I would hope not. Uh, so he's got 93%. He's running routes 93% of the time. He's getting a 24% target share. His A dot is 13.8. He's getting 29% of the third and fourth down targets, 20% of the play action targets. Like the guy, there's not much you could say about Devontae Adams. Like he's either, you know, it's a fluke when he doesn't score a touchdown. Yeah, he ate, he had 18 last year. What's an A dot, by the way? Average depth of target. So when they throw the ball, like where is he catching it when he's being targeted? So it takes Got out it. the run after the catch. It's just more like, is he catching balls that like, you know, under 10 yards in between 10 and 20 over 20? And that has a direct correlation. I guess that would have a direct correlation to successful wide receivers. I mean, you you would want the most, right? Well, it depends on how you define success. So like a Julian Edelman probably had a really low A dot, but was really good at what he was asked to do as a wide receiver. A lot of yak yards. Yak. Yards after catch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah all right um Devonte adams number three and i think when we came on here we said there's no way Devonte adams is going two weeks in a row without a touchdown and it was yep. pretty much as simple as that it was just about where does he fit on the top six order so lock him in uh Devonte adams let's move on to number four uh, i'll take this one we're gonna stay with a running back we're gonna go daryl williams kansas city chiefs He's looking good. Got a little hop in his step after uh, Hilaire went out. What do the stats say on Daryl Williams? So Daryl Williams, he got he played 72% of the snaps last week, got 84% of the rush attempts. He got 9% of the targets. He got 100% short down and distance, 100% of the inside the five, and 100% of the two-minute offense. So he is fully taken over that backfield. What's interesting is Edwards Alaire was sharing the backfield, but with him going out, Daryl Williams is absolutely hogging the backfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look good. We talked about though. I think the only concern about Williams is the fact that they really love padding uh, Mahomes' stats. Mm-hmm. You know, inside the goal line, who knows what they could do? They uh, do like these tosses. Like Kelsey comes across like between the center and guard. 
and then gets like a toss and that counts as a touchdown pass or like Mahomes do an underhand pass. Yeah. Uh, Tariq Hill and around. I mean, yeah. You get, they got a whole playbook inside the five that, that doesn't Four. include the running back getting the ball. Yep. Um, but looking at the advantage they have and trust in the stats, We've got him listed as our number four in the model, so we're going to put him in there. We think he scores. Uh, so we'll take Daryl Williams there at number four. I'll throw it over to you, Teddy, for number five. All right. Damian Harris, he's facing the lowly Jets this week. And the Jets' defense isn't that good. Jets' team really isn't that good. And so I, I'm thinking Harris has a big game. Matt, where the stats say? All right. So... Harris had a bad week five, had some fumbles. I kind of expected him to get punished and Bill Belichick did not punish him. So he came out, he got 47% of the snaps, 67% of the rush attempts, 5% of the targets, 67% of the inside the five. And he didn't fumble this week, but Harris has been putting up good stats all year. He gets the ball in the red zone. He's been scoring a lot of touchdowns. I like Damian Harris this week. Yeah, I like Darian Harris. I mean, watching that game the first time they played, he looked really good. I think the Jets will look to game plan against that and having a week off could tighten up a little bit, but not enough to keep him out of the end zone. So let's lock in Damian Harris. Okay, so that's number five. Let's go to number six, which is my guy going for his revenge game. Talk about revenge games. DeAndre Hopkins. We like him just about every week, but we really like him going against his old team. What do the stats say? So DeAndre Hopkins last week actually had a down week. He ran routes on 97% of the plays that he was in. He only got 12% of the targets down from his previous 32% and 24%. So you know he's barking in the locker room and he's going to be asking for a little bit more attention. He's got an A dot of 15.3, and he's getting a 20 uh, on the season. He's getting a 27% target share on third and fourth downs. He's also seeing 31% of the play action targets. So match that up with he's got a great matchup this week against the secondary. DeAndre Hopkins looks great. I love it. Uh, You you know he's going to have an extra pep in his step going against Houston. Yeah, he's yeah. he's thinking in his head like you traded me for David Johnson. Like this is let me show you what you traded away. Cuz the yeah. Texans are about to trade away Watson, trade away Hopkins, and what do they have to show for it? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. So DeAndre Hopkins in his revenge game, throw it over to you Teddy. Jonathan Taylor from the Colts. He is playing the 49ers on Sunday night game. Matt, tell me these stats. I know they're good. All right. So he's actually in a little bit of a shared backfield situation, but he had 65% of the snaps last week, 56% of the rush attempts. He's getting 11% of the total team targets, 100% short down and distance. Inside the five, he's getting 100% of those. So he's getting a lot of those money touches. The only thing I'd like to see more from him is to get uh, some of the two-minute snaps, but uh, which he has not been getting much of this season. But overall, Jonathan Taylor's been putting up touchdowns. They're giving him the ball in the red zone. Uh, feel really good about Jonathan Taylor. Let me read his stats real quick. He has 472 yards rushing, 210 yards receiving. So that's uh, 680, 682. 
um, almost 700 yards total and five touchdowns. So that's a damn good start to the season. I'd say so. Yeah, he looks good. The guy the offensive line back makes him even, makes it feel even better. He'll keep the streak going. Let's do a quick recap here. We've got Derrick Henry, Daryl Henderson, Devontae Adams, Daryl Williams, DeAndre Hopkins, Damian Harris, and wrapping it up with Jonathan Taylor. And uh, we will decide what our top six are. <laughs> Apparently, we can't count. No, but that's how many touchdown scores we like this week. So we will list them. We'll probably list our top six. Um, But those are the touchdown scores that we like. Let's move it on to our QB props. This is where Maddie Stats throws some over-unders on touchdown passes our way. And we see what we like. Last week, we went four and one. but We didn't have a lot of games available. Uh, so this week, we've got some more lines. I'm excited to see what we got. Maddie Stats, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, so fun fact about this week, we actually do not have more lines. So I don't know what happened. Uh, we used to get these on Wednesday. Um, it seems as if they randomly pick like three or four games to do these lines on. Uh, but nonetheless, we've got five QB scores to go through and talk. So Ryan Tannehill, 1.5 touchdowns at minus 133 i'll take it he's playing the chiefs and he's gonna go over because you gotta score a lot i think he gets two julio's been dealing with a hamstring since like 2019 <laughs> like what is up with that like like give the guy a year off i mean they too late now but like i mean he's great He's great, but it's just like, ugh, give me more, Julio. You know what? You know what they need to do? Bubble wrap him, save him for the playoffs. Exactly. Because you know what? I don't think they'll need him, especially with the, the extra game and the extra playoff team. I think you're right. Save him up. All right. Ryan Tannehill, what do you say? Over? Over, baby. He's All playing right. the Chiefs. He's definitely getting over. Over. Lock it in. Who do we got? All right. Tua. Not gonna Under. try that last name. <laughs> I, I normally don't actually have a vote in these, but I'm just gonna say under. Oh, really, guys? Because he's thrown two games, he started and finished. He's thrown two touchdowns. He threw for 330 yards, 33 yards rushing. Yeah, but 70- have you thought about the elite Falcon secondary? Uh, they weren't the worst in the league. This to me just this seems like like a 12-15 type of game. This is a real sloppy. It's not, you know, touchdowns are scored, but there's a missed extra point. There might even be a safety. This is a really sloppy one touchdown game for Tua. That's where I'm going. Guys, let me just go in a little bit here. I I know we just lost to the Jaguars. Their first win in 20 games. I understand this, okay? (laughs) And I know it's very hard for you guys to to take anything positive away from the game. (laughs) But Tua Tangovolea looked good. Last week, he did. He did. He struggled in the red zone. He throws to his boy Waddle like 15 times a game. That's all he really looks at is Waddle. Kasiki actually had 115 yards, but he throws to Waddle like 15 times a game. And I'm telling you, he's not awful. Let the kid play at least 20 games before we start judging him. Please let a model pick the under. 
I'm, I'm hammering the over. Hammer? All right. We right. need to see evidence of that hammer. Well, he's. I'll show you my hammer. That's what she said. All right. So, you know, you know what's funny is the Jets gave up the first win to the Browns when they were on the longest NFL losing streak. Baker Mayfield came in on Thursday night and and beat the Jets and they opened Bud Lights all over Cleveland. Um, and now the Dolphins do the same. So we just like love the torture here. I was miserable. Yeah. I still am. Really tough. I'm feeling good. Hey, Dolphins two. Two and a half this week, plus two and a half this week yep. at home. Yep. I mean, that was the last thing you left us with last week was a, a nice Dolphins win against the Jaguars. And uh, that didn't quite go out as planned, but uh, this bet is about touchdown passes. And I'm taking the under one and a half. What do we got, Maddie? All right. So Patrick Mahomes, 2.5 on the over, minus 169. Yeah. So the Titans. Defensive backfield is banged up. Their first round pick, I think his name's Caleb Caleb Farley, I think his name is. He just tore his ACL out for the year. They have another cornerback that's injured. I think Mahomes goes off in this game, and I'm taking the over. I know three is a lot, but I'm taking the over with Mahomes. As we said before, they like to do weird shit inside the five where he gets the touchdown pass. So I feel confident with three. Yeah, he was streaking in the beginning of the year. It's going two games now with with under three touchdowns. I think this is a back, bounce back for him. I like that bet, Teddy. All right, who do we got for the next quarterback? All right. Um, again, slim pickings on what's been posted so far. We got Sam Darnold at 1.5. Hmm. I like that you threw the Sam Darnold one to me. Um, I will take that. I am on the Panthers this week with you, Teddy. I'm following your bet. I like that bet. I think the way it happens is Darnold has a big game. He has been running a lot. But what do the stats say, Matty? The stats say he's been really bad lately. I mean, so first three games, he was 75 PFF grade. He's dropped down to a 52 since McCaffrey's been out. He has not looked good. They're going to pass it a lot. Darnold over, <laughs> over one and a half. All right. And for this final one, we're going to go to somebody who the Miami Dolphins passed on with the first overall pick. Matt Ryan, 2.5 plus 166. It's all right. We took a left tackle that's been out of the league for 10 years. He was good, though, for like the six years he played for us. Yeah. So I'm not making excuses here. But Xavier Howard and Byron Jones were both out last week against the Jaguars. They both practiced in a limited fashion today, which is a good sign. 2.5 is a lot. I'm taking the ender because I think he only throws two with both our starting corners back. Yeah, two, three is a lot. Three is a lot. And like I, I, I'm with you on this, not that you're asking me, but I think it's a low-scoring game. I think the defense shows up here for the Dolphins. Uh, we don't have a defense. Well, somebody's got to show up. At least 11 guys show up, and it's enough to keep him out of the end zone for three touchdowns. I hate my team. Let's, let's... Moving on. We, <laughs> AFC East, we, yeah, that's too good. All right, let's do a recap there. We've got Ryan Tannehill. We're going over one and a half. 
Tua under one and a half at plus money. Patrick Mahomes over two and a half. Sam Darnold over one and a half. And Matt Ryan under two and a half. Yep. Before we move on, you guys watch the Monday night game, I assume, right? Yeah. The uh, fourth down call inside the five, fourth and one inside the five. I'm going to put you on the spot. You're the Bills right now. You need one yard. You kicking that field goal or are you going for it? Matty? So I'm going to go with what the stats would say. And the stats say, like, on the one-yard line, you've got a pretty high percentage to win the game. So I'm going to go and try to win the game. I may not run that play. I mean, I would at least give him, like, a bootleg and let him get some options um, where he could run it in. You know, like, give me a little, like, play-action bootleg, something like that. And then you get... You know, well, actually, Knox was out of the game, but whoever their second string tight end streaming across, so he either run like that play just seemed really bad. He also slipped. He did slip, and and then I don't know if you guys saw, but the um, Simmons, his name is the D tackle for the Titans. He blew up the left guard where that's where Allen he went up the left guard's ass, and he blew up the left guard, and he slipped too. Because Allen's like 6'5", he's giant, so he should, in theory, be able to just fall forward and get it. Um, Amato, what are you doing? Uh, going I'm, to overtime? A, I'm going to overtime, mainly because I took the Bills minus 5.5, and, and I needed that <laughs> game to go to overtime. And I was, I was very frustrated that they went for it. I get the play, especially with Josh Allen. Um, but I say kick the field goal. Give us a so, chance to cover the bet in, in overtime. Jeez. <laughs> I say I like what the Bills did because if you can't gain one yard, you don't deserve to win the game. There you go. And and that's the NFL, right? The the Titans go and they lose to the Jets. Yep. Uh, but then they go out and they beat the Bills. Yep. And that's the NFL. That's what that's where we decide to pick these games. And that's why it's not easy. So that wraps up this week's betting content for week seven. Uh, we will post these picks on the page. We're hoping to keep the hot streak going with our locks. We're looking for our first touchdown parlay of the season, so we'll get that posted. We've got our QB props as well. Uh, so let's wrap it up as we always do with the dad zone. We are coming into the, the fall season here in New England, starting to get cold outside. So it's time to think about the holidays. So... Have you guys started this conversation yet? I'm curious, uh, you know, when, if not, when does that start to happen? Uh, my household, we have already started breaking down the presents. Last week was week one of buying presents for Christmas. Hmm. This week, we've already got a couple gifts for aunts and cousins and stuff like that. And we're going to go straight through buying a few gifts. Luca got a gift last week. And we're just going to, we've been talking about some gifts for, you know, mom and mother-in-law, my sister, my brother, and we're just going to buy a couple presents a week all the way up until Christmas. My, uh, my wife, Jamie's on top of it. So instead of, you know, just racking up a couple thousand dollar bill in December, we hope to spread it out and make it a little easier on ourselves. What about you guys? Yeah, I keep getting a little scared. I keep hearing that if we don't, if we don't get started now, that there's there's not going to be anything on the shelves. Is that because Santa is low on workers, just like the rest of the world? Oh, I don't know if that's really happening. That's just what I keep telling my kids because 
because I'm overtired and, and, you know, not quite ready for the holiday season. So I've just been uh, telling them the shelves might be empty this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're down 10% employers too. Hey, listen, it's going around the whole, everyone's down employers. Matt, yeah, what about you? unionized. <laughs> so me, we are not starting. Um, it's actually kind of like, I kind of want to change this pattern. So when I was traveling all the time for work, I had no idea what the kids were getting for Christmas. I would just come home and there was a bucket of things under the tree and my wife just handled it. And I've kind of let that go on. And I'm going to be honest, I don't think I want to do that this year. I think I want to know what's in the, those packages and I want to like participate. It's normally just easier to let her do it. But uh, I think this year I'm going to get in on some of the Christmas stuff. And then, you know, I might even buy some stuff in secret because, you know, what small children don't need guns and like Nerf guns. Well, they, small children don't need guns. They need Nerf guns. <laughs> <laughs> Clarify. So, Matt, I'm going to... I was actually going to give you that dad tip. I actually, Jamie and I talk about Luca's gifts, but I buy a gift for Luca just from me. Just a little dad son kind of thing that, that I do. Um, or I've done for one Christmas and one birthday, but, uh, you know, (laughs) I'm going to continue the trend. Yeah. I tend to do that, but it's not like holiday oriented. Like Mm -hmm. I just ordered the like giant pink, power wheel two-seater for the kids like just didn't tell my wife it just showed up one day and i was like wow this came a couple days early i meant to discuss this with you i bought a dangerous toy for the kid not really dangerous dangerous in her book not dangerous at all no. what is it flip i i never see one of those things i mean flip. depends like if you didn't know how to drive but you know you got a controller you got like override in your hand We've did, you know, actually, I, I don't know if it was on a podcast or during while we were recording, but we talked a lot about that, uh, that four wheeler that you were buying. I remember talking oh. to you about it. You were going back and forth on which one to buy. You didn't know, like, should you buy the Range or the Jeep or like, you know, what you got? Well, it was like, you should know, I go with the Carter's Mercedes or the one. Wrangler? Yeah. That was the hard part. I wanted the, I want the Mercedes looked good. It had like a LCD screen that popped out of it. I mean, this thing was ridiculous. Or wow. do I get the Wrangler that like would be better on the grass and stuff? I went with the Wrangler. Okay. Um, very high quality. Shout out. Like I think it's like Big Green Mountain Cars or something like that. It's pretty good. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Carter's got the Wrangler, the black Jeep Wrangler. Yeah. Um, well, when uh, Luca came over, they were riding around there, fuck, riding dirty on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about this last year too, Teddy, with our, with our kids, like, you know, being around two like how they were going to react with christmas like this year is going to be crazy yeah it's gonna be awesome yeah yeah three-year-old like he's ready to go he knows exactly what's going on like it's gonna get wild uh yeah i'm pretty excited for it yeah but first we got halloween and i don't know about you guys but like carter is very excited about halloween he's really into it we actually picked out his costume couple costumes last week because he's got like a theme coming up at daycare next week Really, really kind of expensive thing that they're doing. They're making them come in with like a bunch of different, different themes. What? Yeah. Yeah. So like Monday's like a superhero theme and Tuesday's supposed to be Disney and Wednesday's spooky. So don't get me started. But you, went, you bought you bought five outfits? No, no, no. I bought, oh. I bought one costume. Yeah. We made another one and uh-huh. then, okay. you know, we're, we're figuring out the, the rest, but he's he's pumped he we, he got captain america that was who we went with for his costume solid wants to put it on every day now shield shield 
had to take it away already a couple times. It did yeah. come with the costume. He threw it? He throws it. He likes to yeah. throw it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, listen, if Captain America is doing it in the movies, how is Carter not supposed to do it in real life? Right? It's true. It's true. It's true. What I will say, great little hack here. So like the day after Halloween, go to Target. They put every costume on 75% off. You could just go get like, because kids wear wear a costume, not just on Halloween. It's a full, like when you buy a costume, it's a full year thing. We went and just bought like nine princess dresses. And the amount of time that it's like pulled the kids away. Like I would never buy nine full price princess dresses. But you give them to me at like five bucks a pop, like throw them all in a cart. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm absolutely going to do that, Matt. That's a hell of because, you know, Luca. Yeah, Luca's at the right age almost to start dressing up in costumes. Although, let me tell you, mm, he just only watches cars and he won't watch anything else. And the worst part about him watching the movie Cars is that he likes the second one, which is unequivocally the worst one. He always wants to watch the second one. They're on a, it's a fucking detective spy movie or some shit. Like, you know, international incident shit. Like the first, the one is obviously the best and three comes in at two. And then the second one's just by far the worst. Carter went through that stage, not with cars, but with Toy Story. And it was very similar thing. He wanted to watch Toy Story three, I think it was. Yeah. And like, out one or two all, are real good. One or two real good. He, you know, he was on one for a while, and that's yeah. I'd say that's my that's my favorite. I could watch one. Yeah, classic. Yeah, but three is by far the worst of them all. I can't. I don't even know what one three is about. Three is three, three the cow is Jesse and the cow. Yeah, Jesse yeah. and a bullseye. Yeah. What's four? Four, College, right? Four is Forky. That's where Forky comes in, right? I don't and, think uh, I've ever seen. I don't know if I've ever seen it in its entirety. It went a while. They like went. A, they went a good amount of years before the fourth one came out. Yeah, but it's just money grab there. You got to be a big Pixar and movie guy. I mean, like we said, we got to balance babies and bets here, and yeah. so that's what the kids are into. That's what you watch. That wraps it up for this week. Always fun, guys. Uh, we are on week seven already. Can't believe it. We will post all of our picks on the page as always. Thank you for tuning in. Whether you follow or fade, you hope we win some cash. We'll see you next week.